0: Welcome to episode 348 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. Today we look into the transfer portal. Here in March of 2023, the NCAA updated the transfer portal rules. I will give you what the new NCAA published PDF has to say and how it changes what has been happening over the last few years in NCAA Division I and NCAA Division II transfers. I'll talk about how the transfer portal affects you, the high school student athlete that is trying to find your college sports roster spot. The transfer portal affects not only the high school student-athlete, but junior college athletes, NAIA, NCAA Division II and Division III athletes, and college graduate student-athletes. I am not an expert on the transfer portal, so I'll be referencing many online sources. The blog article from June of 2021 for BetMGM.com is one of these sources. Get the link to the article in the show notes below. It gives you a good historical layout and reasons the Transfer Portal came along in October of 2018. This blog walks you through the basics of the portal process. I'll read through the article for you, and the reason is to give you the nuts and bolts of the process so you will know some of the pluses and minuses for the future. The blog article asks, why was it made, and answers with this explanation. The Transfer Portal was made to benefit student-athletes. Before the transfer portal, it was tough for players looking to transfer to get their name out there. Players had to get their current coach's permission to contact other schools. If their request was turned down, there was a ladder of different administrators the player would have to ask to get permission. Not only has the portal given players more freedom, it has made the transfer process smoother. Previously, once players had permission to transfer, then they had to tell a compliance administrator which schools he or she was interested in. That administrator had to reach out to each school, and those schools would send back a transfer tracer, which was a form asking questions to gather information. The transfer portal eliminates that process and paperwork. Now there is a website with a big database of players for every sport at every NCAA level. The portal website is not public. Any NCAA student athlete can enter the transfer portal. Just because they enter the portal doesn't mean they have to leave their school. However, a team can pull that player's scholarship at the end of the school term in which they entered the portal. If the player decides to withdraw their name and stay with their current team, the school has the choice to take the player off their scholarship. That is the risk for players entering the portal, and it gives them a sense of accountability. The school is no longer obligated to honor the player's scholarship and can give it to a different player or incoming freshman. Players interested in transferring or exploring the possibility of transferring will ask the school compliance administrator to put their name in the portal. They do not need to ask or talk to their coach beforehand if they don't want to. The school administrator then has 48 hours to submit the information. Once a player is in the portal, any coach can contact that player. The database has information that is sortable, like sport, name, conference, division, and school. A player's email is provided, but not their phone number. Players also have a choice to add do not contact on their profile. This is in a scenario where the player already has an idea of where they want to go, or if they have a small list of schools. The player can then contact the schools first. Players can add or remove their names from the portal at any time, while keeping in mind enrollment periods and eligibility guidelines. Now, in March of 2023, the NCA released an updated view of the transfer portal. The link to this new NCA PDF is in the show notes. The PDF is named NCA Division I Undergrad Four-Year Transfer Waiver Process. It says, in all sports, four-year undergraduate student-athletes who decide to transfer to a new NCA school can generally be eligible to compete for the new school provided they have not previously transferred and notify their current school by entering the NCA transfer portal during the sports-specific transfer window. On the actual PDF, there is a link, and it takes you to an amended Transfer Windows PDF for NCA Division I. Fall, winter, and spring sports are separated, and an open and closed date is listed for each sport. For example, NCA Division I softball is an open date of Monday, May 15, 2023, and the portal close date is Wednesday, June 21, 2023. Also on the PDF is a general information link on who qualifies for a possible one-time transfer exemption. Again, I have a link here in the show notes. This link sends you to a four page NCAA Division I one time transfers frequently asked question page. The first question on the frequently asked question list for criteria to be eligible to be an immediate transfer eligibility. In order to meet the one time transfer qualifications, the student athlete must, number one, Transfer from a four-year collegiate institution to another NCAA Division I level school. Leave their current four-year school academically eligible. Number three, have not transferred previously from another four-year institution. And number four, certify in writing along with their new head coach that they did not have direct or indirect communication with the new school's athletic staff prior to entering the NCA transfer portal. There are exceptions to the one-time, no-penalty transfer. These exemptions have to get a waiver approved and will only be considered under three circumstances. Number one, a student-athlete's physical or mental health and well-being. Number two, circumstances outside the student-athlete's control, like physical or sexual assault, for example. And number three, assertions involving diagnosed educational impact disabilities. Reasons a second unpenalized transfer will not be considered are academic difficulties, change in major, lack of playing time or role, change to athletic scholarship. Remember, athletic scholarships are a yearly contract or a coaching change. Remember, the transfer portal isn't published to the public but many websites and social media has pretty accurate lists and postings of who is in the portal. According to Transfer Portal for Playing Time at TP4PT on Twitter as of March 25, 2023, the basketball portal, for example, had entries that were NCAA Division I and had a total of 960-plus players and NCAA Division II was 590-plus players in the portal totaling 1,550-plus players in the NCAA Division I and Division II men's basketball. There are 352 NCAA Division I men's basketball programs and 312 NCAA Division II men's basketball programs, totaling 664 total programs. These don't count NCAA Division III NAI or junior college programs. With a little math, that is 2.33 average players per school that are in the transfer portal, just for men's basketball as of March of 2023. There are many reasons, some legit and some not so much, to be in the portal. Student-athletes are not happy with their program. They may want to change their majors. The academic or athletic program isn't a good fit. The level of play doesn't fit. Playing time is low. A coaching change may be a reason or the player wants to be closer or farther away from home. These are just a few of the student-athletes' reasons. There are many good and viable reasons a student-athlete wants to transfer. Many times, it's playing time. One of Recruit Me's goals is to help you find the right playing time fit. I have seen student-athletes transfer because of lack of playing time, because of a bad fit with the program and its philosophy, or a relationship to a coach or coaches. Also, a coaching change or or the level was just too high for the student-athlete's skill set. I have also come across transfers that want to go to a higher level, an NCAA Division II to an NCAA Division I program, or a mid-major NCAA Division I to a Power Five conference. I had a discussion about five years ago, before COVID, with a mid-major men's basketball coach. He had just finished a season, and three freshmen on his team were transferring as sophomores to bigger schools, after finding out that they could play effectively at the Division I level. The coach said he had recruited them out of high school, and they got and earned an opportunity to play significant minutes their freshman year. And after the season, they wanted to take their talents to a bigger, more prestigious school and conference. The coach said he decided not to recruit high schoolers anymore, but to recruit junior college players, portal players, and grad school transfers. So college players are not always disenchanted with playing time. Many times they are on the move to try to better themselves and or play at a higher level or a more prestigious level. On the Transfer Portal for Playing Time Twitter account, at TP4PT, I looked at the players listed that they identified as they entered the Division I and Division II men's basketball transfer portal. I did this from March 17th to March 18th listings. There were 17 NCA Division I transfer possibilities and seven NCA Division IIs listed. Most of the players that wanted to transfer listed that they either had one or two years left of eligibility, and there were two that had three years left. Only six of the 24 I charted had less than 20 career starts on their team. One player had 101 career starts. And another example was a player had 31 career starts and still had three years eligibility left. That shows that actual playing time may not have been the reason for the transfer. I will have to say that of the 24 I surveyed, only one was in a Power 5 conference. But the ones that I surveyed were still during the first and second rounds of the NCAA tournament. All of these portal transfers affect you, the high school student-athlete recruit. They both take possible roster spots and create possible roster spots. Again, recruit me teaches and promotes making a college list and researching that list continuously and contacting that list to give and get updates. When Sutton sent an email to an NCAA Division II baseball coach at the first of his junior and senior summer, Sutton, my younger son, asked if the program had a roster spot for an outfielder for the 2022 recruiting class. And the coach responded that the college season had just ended and that he wasn't sure yet. He was having exit meetings to see what players would be staying, which ones were graduating, and which ones might be transferring. In midsummer, Sutton recontacted the same head coach and ask again about outfield opportunities. And the coach said that they did have an opportunity and extended Sutton an invitation to the school's prospect camp. Sutton attended the prospect camp and received his first college offer. The transfer portal affects not only high school student-athletes, but also junior college student-athletes. If you are looking to go to a junior college out of high school, that is a great opportunity to not only play your sport, but to play against players more your age. Also, junior colleges can be less expensive than some four-year schools. If you go to a junior college, you may also have an opportunity to transfer to a four-year school after your freshman year in junior college, and then for sure after your sophomore year with a few exceptions like a medical red shirt. In the past, many colleges only had the junior college ranks to get experienced players that would come to them as a sophomore or junior in college, and those players coming in did not have to sit out one year of competition. But now, with the transfer portal, junior college athletes are in competition with sophomore, junior, and senior athletes from other four-year colleges without the penalty of sitting out for a year. So, you can use the Recruit Me fundamentals of recruiting to get you recruited out of high school, to get you recruited out of a junior college, and to find a college if you want to possibly transfer from a four-year school to another four-year college. By the transfer portal having effects on not only the high school student-athlete, but junior college student-athletes, it creates a logjam. The NCAA Division I levels are adjusting their rosters with both players leaving and players coming in from other four-year school levels, and those players are not having to sit out a year of play. You see that many times a Division I coach can get an experienced player to fill a spot or a need for the next season. And many of these new one- or two-year eligible players are juniors, seniors, or even grad students that have been in high-level play experiences. Then, NCAA Division I can still go after junior college players, too. There are many NCAA Division II student-athletes on the move, too, moving to gain higher-level opportunity before their college career ends. Another factor in transfers is the NIL, or the name, image, and likeness factor. I'm not going to tackle the NIL factor today. But you can go to recruit-me.com and check out episode 333, an inside look at the NCAA, NAIA, and NJCA websites, NIL. As you can see, the transfer portal is affecting recruits of all levels. Recruit Me focuses on the high school student-athlete recruit, and I have heard many times how hard it is for the high school student-athlete to get attention. The importance of doing research on colleges and programs and finding the right fit for your personal situation is what we strive for. The NCA Division I is kind of the Wild West on player movement, but the NCA Division II, Division Three, or NAIA levels may give you more opportunities to play and get an education. Go to recruit-me.com and start with the free recruiting power pack. And also check out the Recruit Me 3.0 athletic scholarship system for only $39. You get a 200-plus page manual, workbook, and worksheets to walk you step-by-step through your recruiting journey. You not only get how to start and when to start your recruiting journey, but you get the seven steps to an athletic scholarship. Step 1, select the right schools to contact. Step 2, write a great email. Step 3, create a one-page player profile. Step four, build your recruiting questionnaire. Step five, track your communications. Step six, send one-page updates. And step seven, make your school choice wisely. A special thanks to these new Recruiting Power Pack subscribers rachel christopher and heather from new york tim from kansas lola from illinois melanie and carl from virginia aaron from colorado and robert from missouri thank you for listening and join me next tuesday for another 15 minutes that will change your athletic scholarship future on the athletic scholarship podcast